Welcome to the Connecting Place podcast. Here is Pastor Joe Caminetti. All right, welcome to Believers Church. I'm excited you're here. And uh, we are in the midst of a series titled Life with the Holy Spirit. And in lesson one, it kind of explained the entire series. I wanted you to walk out, never forget this truth. God lives in you, the Christian, to help you. And that's really what this series is all about. And God, the Holy Spirit, wants to help us in so many different ways. And last week in lesson two, we just talked about the fact he wants to help us understand the Bible. And I wanted you to walk out never forgetting this truth. God lives in you to teach you. And you just saw the advertisement on our video announcements. You can go to our website. You can go to our apps. You can re-listen to it or listen to it for free the first time if you missed it. Today is lesson three. And I want to bring out this truth. God lives in you, the Christian, to guide you. And I'm referring to the fact he wants to direct your steps. If you come to a fork in the road, he wants to help you know if you should go right or you should go left. If someone makes you a job offer, he wants to help you know if it's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. Is, is it what he wants for your life? If you're trying to figure out, should I go to college? If so, where should I go? Whatever it might be, God literally lives in you to direct and to guide you. And he wants to help every person in this room with that. If you're visiting today or you're listening and you're not a Christian or um, you're not sure you know, about Christianity, what a great lesson, what a great series for you to be part of because you're going to find out that once somebody accepts Christ as their Savior and becomes a Christian, that God is inside them to help them in many, many ways. And God actually cares about our lives. He actually wants to help direct the decisions that we make and help us make sure we make the right decisions. So I thought it'd be good to uh, just share a story because this is an area that frustrates many of us. We're sometimes not sure, is it God? Is it me? Is it the enemy? And some of you have heard this story, but it it always is fun to rehear some of these stories. These are real life stories that happened to me. And uh, I was a younger Christian and I was in Bible school I was also uh, the young adult pastor at a church. It was a church of 3,500 on a weekend, so it was a really big church, and uh, I went to Bible school. I worked a secular job, and I also did that part-time from my church, and this is before the internet, so this is before eHarmony.com, and uh, all of us young adults wanted to find our, our mamas and our dadas, you know, and we wanted to find our mates, and uh, I hadn't met Gina yet, so I'm still single. So I kind of did an e-harmony thing. Uh, I just planned, we call it fellowships to try to make it spiritual, but it was really a party with, um, <laughs> with another church. And so it's a big church, and we're going to put our two young adult groups together so maybe we'll meet somebody we haven't met yet, you know. And uh, so I was real excited about it. You know, it's not something I thought about every moment, but every time I walked in a room, I would, I would glance and just see, is there someone here? you know, that I might ask out or whatever. So uh, we're at this party, and I've kind of scoped the room, and I, I, I don't have anything I want to, you know, uh, follow up on, and, and I'm a little bit frustrated, but I'm also doing what I'm supposed to do, you know, talking to people and helping connect them with God and, and all those wonderful things. And, and uh, we're, I'm there about an hour, and just about everybody's there, and, and, and I, I heard a voice inside me. It's an inner voice, not out here with these ears, but an inner voice. 
And I had just gone through a course in school on the subject of the inner voice and God directing your steps, kind of similar to what I'm teaching now. And I hear this voice, and the voice says to me, the next person that walks through that door will be your wife. That's pretty strong, guys. And uh, I'm really excited because I'm thinking, maybe, you know, this is God speaking to me. And uh, so I kept looking at that door, and I kept looking at that door, and um, I'm just waiting for it to open. And, and then it opens, and a group of guys walk in. And uh, I'm thinking, either God changed the Bible or <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> so... So you know what, you, what, what I do? You may not do it. I thought, well, may, maybe it was supposed to be the second person. So I, I, I keep looking, and that whole night only guys came in. So I, 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 I made a mistake, and I was really frustrated because I thought I was hearing God, but it wasn't God. And that's probably happened with a lot of you here, whether it's a voice or it's a passion or a desire that's on your heart, and you think it's what God wants you to do, and then you're not 100% sure. So that's what I want to talk about today. And over the years, I've come up with a system. I call it like a litmus test. And I have seven little things in the test that you can take something that you think is God and you can put it up to that test to help you determine if it's you, the enemy, or God. So this has blessed my life, helped my life. And I stand before you saying I've missed it many times. And I've learned that this really helps me not to miss it. So uh, I just want to help everybody out that I can today. And if you're sitting here and uh, you're not sure if God really wants to lead you, take a look at Galatians 5 and verse 25. And, and, and here's, here, here's uh, a scripture that gives us a wonderful promise. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And the idea is here, He does want to lead. He does want to guide you in every single part of your life. Uh, here's our problem. We're imperfect vessels, so we can really make mistakes. We can really not be sure, so that's why we're talk, we'll talk about that test. But he really wants to help guide you, really cares about you. Listen to Psalm 48, 14. For that is what God is like. He is our God forever and ever, and he will guide us until we die. Take a look at that last section of the verse. Isn't that cool? If you're young, he wants to guide you, but isn't it cool? Until you die, he wants to guide you. So if you're breathing, God still wants to direct and guide your steps. And when I was thinking about this, I kind of thought of one of my favorite movies, and uh, it's an Arnold movie. It's Predator, and it's the first Predator you know, movie that they made, and uh, they've got this alien beast, and, and they're not sure what it is, and uh, they found out that it bleeds, and they found some green blood on a leaf, and Arnold said, if it bleeds, we can kill it. And uh, <laughs> if you breathe, God will guide you, okay? Another line in that movie was really funny. He threw a knife at a guy, kind of pinned him to a wall, and he said, stick around. So um, <laughs> it's a great movie that I like. Sorry about that. My wife doesn't watch it, but I do. Um, God wants to guide. God wants to direct your steps. It's the very heart of God. So Let's talk a little bit about how that happens. Some of you are new. If you're not a Christian, just to me, it's so simple. It's not complicated. And, and I really believe God leads us in different ways because we're made different. So let's take a look at some of the different ways that he can lead a Christian. And I just came up with what I would call the top three ways. And uh, the first one is what I call desires. And this is when something just is a passion in you. And it can come in different ways. 
And, and, and God has the ability to put desires in people. We see that throughout the scriptures. And one way could be just, just a compelling feeling. And he can put these compelling feelings in you. My wife tells a story. She was telling it to me because uh, as I was preparing this message, I, just, I asked different people for stories and how it worked in their lives. And um, she's telling me when she accepted Christ as a senior in high school. So she's a senior in high school. She accepts Christ. Near the end of the year, she was planning to go to a secular college, and she was one of those lucky people uh, whose dad was going to pay for everything, so she wouldn't have any student loans or anything like that. And She's all set to go. She's accepted, and she accepts Christ. And then after a short time of accepting Christ, she began to have these compelling feelings that she was supposed to go to a Bible school. And she didn't like those compelling feelings. She wanted to go to the secular college she had planned for. But those feelings just grew, grew, and grew, and she ended up going to the Bible college, and that's where her and I met. And sometimes it's just that compelling feeling. And what I like to do with those compelling feelings, those desires, is put them to the test to help figure it out quicker. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Sometimes it's just thoughts. They start with a thought, and then it just kind of gets stronger and stronger and stronger, and God will just sometimes drop things in us. But again, we have to say, is this me or is this God? The second way is just simply what I talked about briefly is that inner voice. Now, my makeup, God leads me more with desires, but every now and then I'll I'll get some direction with that inner voice. Some of you may be totally different than me and be, you know, you function differently because of your makeup. And I just want to help all of us not to feel bad if we've never heard God speak to us inside with an inner voice. I don't want you to feel like you're a failure. He, he leads us all differently. Let me tell you how the inner voice works every day in my life. Uh, last week we read a scripture in John where Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will teach you all things and he will remind you of everything I said. That means the Holy Spirit, one of the things he helps or does in us is if we hear a scripture read in church, we read a scripture in the Bible, when we need it to apply to our life, he'll bubble it back up and he'll speak that to our minds. And oftentimes, when I'm going through a tough time or I'm dealing with something, and I can almost tell you daily, I hear that inner voice exhorting me with scriptures. And that's part of his job. He's supposed to remind us of what we read and what we know. And so uh, even in the first world, I know oftentimes we have first world problems and uh, they're not always as bad as you think. You know, the other day uh, I was really hungry. I missed a meal and, and that doesn't happen often in my life. And uh, unfortunately, but I missed lunch and it's late and, and I'm with Gina and it's, I said this tongue in cheek, so I don't want to offend anybody, but I was trying to just make her laugh and we're driving along and I said, honey, I'm so hungry, I know how those poor kids in third world countries feel. And she started to laugh, and she knew I was joking. But sometimes we have first world problems, and they're not really problems. We have bad hair days, but then sometimes we have really bad things happen to us, relationally, financially. And during times like that in all of our lives, no matter what life is doing to beat us up, the Holy Spirit will take scriptures, and he will speak speak them to us. And that happens to me regularly, and it's something God wants to do with you. And it's just that still, small voice, not here, but in here, God speaking to us. And 
Sometimes he'll direct us that way, and some, some people have become practice in that. But then let me also just encourage you and then uh, kind of warn you too, is make sure you're not one of those people that everything you say is preceded with God told me, God told me. Because people that are around you, if you really ask them what they think, they would, they would tell you, God can't be telling you everything like that every single day. And I've had people come up to me and they'll say something like this. They'll say, Pastor Joe, God told me to move to Florida. What do you think? It's like, does it really matter what I think if God told you to go to Florida? I do not want to disagree with God. Doesn't he control lightning bolts? You do what God told you. Now, some people, and it's, this is really a small percentage, guys, it's really small. Some people have just deceived themselves and, and they've, never, they've, they've just never admitted they made mistakes and they just get a little bit, just a little bit off. But for most of us, if we say something like that, what are we really saying? We're really saying, I think God told me. And that's really probably what people that come up to me and say that are saying to me. And that's different because it's good to take something you think God's leading you to do and ask other people that you respect. That's a, that's a really good thing. So I encourage you in that area. Here's number three. Third way is what I call the spectacular. And if you read the Bible, there were times, very seldom, but times when Peter or Paul, they would have a vision or they'd have a dream and God would literally give them direction in the vision or give them direction in the dream. And every now and then God will do that, but I prefer for him not to do it with me and I'm not a real dreamer or vision guy anyway. Typically, I eat too much pizza and I have a dream. My dreams are really weird, but uh, they're not spiritual at all, let me tell you. But some people, my wife will have visions at times. She'll just see something in a picture, and, and it's amazing sometimes how that works. I, I see everything in text. I don't, I, I, I'm not digital. I'm analog. And so uh, we're totally different, her and I, but... but what I've found out is whenever God's gotten direction to me in that way, it's always because there's going to be extreme opposition. And Paul said to Timothy, because he was given some things in a very uh, supernatural or uh, spectacular way, Paul said that happened so that when the storm comes, you have an anchor to hold on to. So that's why I said I'd rather not get those, because when I hear something like that or something happens like that, I'm like, Oh, no, trouble's coming. And I'd, I'd just rather not have the trouble. So those are some of the different ways. There could be some other ways, but that's ways God tries to get us to go different directions. We have to submit them to the test. And so I'm going to share something with you that I think if I would have shared this in the 80s uh, or the 90s, I might have been stoned. And, uh, but, but this is true. Take a look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and, and uh, look at this verse. Uh, verses 19 through 21. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Now, real quick, the last part of that verse, if it says hold on to everything that's good, doesn't that mean that even in a prophecy, someone's saying, thus saith the Lord, that's what prophecy is referring to, thus saith the Lord, you're to do this, or, uh, you know, something that people are convinced was God, and, and I know in the 80s and 90s, you put people on a pedestal like they could never make a mistake, and, um, but the Bible says, test everything that is said, hold on to what is good, 
doesn't it mean if it says hold on to what is good? Sometimes in the name of the Lord, people prophesying or saying God told them something. Isn't, isn't it saying that sometimes they're wrong? If you hold on to what is good, isn't there bad? Isn't there stuff that isn't God? Now, here's what, what you want to remember. We are imperfect vessels, and it's important for us to know that. And if we're going to strive to know God's will for our life, notice verse 21, it says, test everything. We have to understand that things need to be put to a test. And that would be a, a direction with our life, too. And when you understand this, it's wonderful. I kind of like to say it this way, the truth is in the test. And that's where it's either refined and perfected, or you find out that it just wasn't God, you made a mistake, like I did that day when I heard the next person that walks in the door. And I could tell you lots of stories just like that. So I came up with what I call the litmus test for God's will. I have seven things. And I just want to help you. If you think God's you know, putting a passion in you, a desire in you, he spoke to your heart, uh, you had a dream, whatever it is, even dreams, he said everything needs to be put to the test. So... I would recommend that you put it to the test with these seven things. Now, one or two may not apply with certain things, but you need more than one in order to really find out, is this God or is this me? So here's number one. I, liked, I said it this way, subject it to patience. I could have said, uh, don't try to make it happen. I could have said, lay it on the altar as a sacrifice and walk away from it. Let God make it come to pass. Because sometimes we have these passions and we, we feel like God put this in my heart and, and we become just miserable. We become impatient and we try to make things happen. L listen to this scripture. <coughs> uh, Revelations 3, 7. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the keys of David. What he opens... No one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. This is referring to Jesus. David is a king from the Old Testament. And in Old Testament days, notice how it says the key of David? The kings had keys to different rooms in the kingdom, and if they didn't open a door, you didn't get in. And if they opened the door, you could walk in. And this is just referring to the lordship of Jesus in our lives, and it's so simple. Doors are referring to you know, opportunities that you and I can walk into and, 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 or doors that are closed, things that we might want to do that God says, no, I don't, I don't want you to do that. That's your passion. And so sometimes, uh, I, I'd say all the times when you have passion, uh, sometimes you just need to subject it to patience. Give it some time. Say, God, I'm going to give this to you. And I'll tell you a real-life story. Uh, and this is almost in real time. My son David, we hired him on here to work in our audio studio where uh, he's a recording engineer, so uh, we were doing BC music, and uh, he was, uh, you know, engineering it, and he can play any instrument, and he can also produce and write. So we hired him to do that, and then after he was here a while, I just felt like, you know, uh, the church is going to do music, but we're not going to pursue it at the level that we were. So I, I, I sat Dave down. I said, Dave, um, we're going to give you other responsibilities. I, I want you to do video work, and, and I want you to help in the youth department and do some creative things for the youth. And he was fine with that. But then as time passed, uh, he'd come talk to me, and he'd say, Dad, I've got this passion for music, and it's not being itched, and I, I think I need to go. 
And, and I'd say, Dave, if, if you go, we'll miss you, but I want you to do what you feel you need to do. But then I'd say this, don't make a decision when you're frustrated. I, I will I tell you, never make a decision when you're frustrated. Make decisions when you have peace on the inside. So I would just say, just let's, let's wait. And here's his passion. This is a passion he had. He felt in his heart that God put this passion and this desire, and God dealt with him, that he was going to produce music that would impact the world. Uh, not, not just worship, he does that, but music that would impact Hollywood and would impact the secular world, world wholesome music. And he just felt like he, that was there. So he kept thinking, I'm going to move to L.A. And, and five years he lived in this frustration. Five years, and he keeps fighting the frustration. And we would have our talks, and I'd say, Dave, move to L.A. And, you know, I'm his dad, and I, I think he's exceptionally talented. But on the other hand, you know, there's tens of thousands of musicians to feel they're going to do the same thing. And, uh, we, you know, we all have to work through those, is it God, is it me, is it the enemy kind of things. So one day, Dave, I just saw a total change in, in, in everything about him. And, and, and Dave told me, Dad, he said, I just put that on the altar and I told God, if you want that to happen, you're going to have to open doors. I, I'm just not even going to think about it. I'm not going to try to make it happen. And within six months of that time, and sometimes it takes longer, I just think his was in the oven five years already, you know. Uh, but, but it just, uh, th this, this company, it's a publishing company from L.A., they contacted him. This guy had heard some of David's music. And he said, Dave, I, I want to hire you, put you on contract. And here's what we do. Uh, we produce songs for movies that Hollywood's making and for commercials and, and other things too. He said, now here's what happens. I have other guys just like you. I'm going to send you something and I'm going to tell you, I want a song that sounds like this. I want it to be this style. You're going to submit it, but other guys are submitting too. And, and if we take your song, we pay you, you get royalties. It, it kind of works like that. Now, here's what's cool. Uh, Dave can do this on a laptop in a Starbucks. He can do it anywhere. And so uh, he signed up with this company, and uh, he began to submit work. And uh, right, right now, they, they, they've already taken several of his songs. So he has a song that's going to be in an up-and-coming Robert De Niro, Sylvester Stallone movie up in the future. They're going to use one of his songs for a segment. Uh, they accepted his songs for a string of Target commercials. He has another one they accepted, but he had to sign uh, a, a contract that he wouldn't tell anybody for who it's, who it's for. And you might be sitting here saying, that's not spiritual, but here's what you want to understand. God will give him a platform, and he'll be able to speak into people's lives that will never listen to Pastor Joe. They don't want to hear what I have to say. But God will give him a door to speak to those kinds of people. But what amazed me is it's when he laid it on the altar. I'll never forget, um, you know, I shared in my opening story how when I was single, I was really looking for a wife. And uh, I remember one day after years, because, I, you know, when I accepted Christ, I was sexually active. Then I told God, I said, I'm going to obey the Bible and stop this. It took me a while, but I said, I'm going to obey the Bible. So almost five years has passed, and I'm not married. So, you know, that's a long time to be without sex when you were active already, and you're trying to obey God, and everybody in the world's doing it. And, uh, and, and so I'm frustrated. I'm like, I want to get married. And uh, uh, I remember when I laid it on the altar, and I just said, God, you bring me my wife. It wasn't long after that. I'm in a church service, and Gina walks in. She, she was from another church, and she just felt she needed to leave that church and she sits right in front of me in a row 
before me. I'm like, ah, oh, cha-cha-cha, this, this, this is it, man. And uh, yeah, and it worked. So <laughs> I think I got my message crushed. Here's number two. Um, <laughs> will it make God look good? Uh, years back, I had a guy come up to me. He was very sincere. I mean, he's sincere. He, he said, uh, he said, Pastor Joe, he says, I want to, he already had businesses, so he wasn't a novice. He said, I want to open a business. And I said, he says, do you think it's okay? And I said, what is it? He said, it's a cigar shop. And I said, I used to smoke a lot, but I said, I'm not now. But I said, what? I don't even know what a cigar shop is. I have an idea. You sell cigars and cigarettes and tobacco products. He said, yeah, but he says it's going to have these lounges and people can come in and they can sit there. And he said, what do you think? He goes, I, I really, I see a great opportunity to make money. And, and this is what I told him. I said, you know, I can't find a scripture that says thou shall not smoke. I could use a scripture that says, you know, your body is the house of the Holy Spirit and don't destroy it. But then I'd have to be preaching to myself because that would include eating good. And so, um, you know, I said, but here's the angle I'll come from. We have to consider people's conscience, and there's a lot of Christians and a lot of non-Christians to think it would be a sin for you as a Christian to own that business. So I said, if we put it up to that, I said, are you going to make God look good? And then I said, you decide. It's up to you. And then he decided, no, I'm not going to do it. It won't make God look good. Here's the third one. Do the numbers add up? And uh, Sometimes when people think God's telling them something, they think, I don't have to do any homework and I don't have to plan. Uh, Proverbs 21.5 says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. And many times I thought God was telling me something, but when I did the numbers, I didn't have the resources people-wise. I didn't have the resources money-wise. And that thing changed as I put it up to planning. And I know we could super spiritualize it and say, well, God would supply, but make sure he supplies before you do it. Uh, don't go stepping out without the resources because you're going to make God look foolish and you're going to make yourself look foolish. You know, Jesus said that in a parable. He said, if you're going to build a tower, make sure you have all the bricks before you start to build it or people will walk by and say, he started something and he can't finish it. So do your homework. Uh, number four, does it produce inner peace? And uh, Now, you know if it's your desire, you're going to have a peace, right? But what if someone comes up to you and offers you a job, and you weren't even expecting it, and now all of a sudden you have a job offer? What if someone comes up and offers you a business opportunity? What if a door opens and you can move and do, uh, and, 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 you know, all of a sudden you have to consider something? You put it to this test, and one of the things that's always helped me is I, I check to see if I have a piece. Now, again, if it's something that's my passion, I always have a piece. But if it's not my passion, I look and say, do I have a piece to do this particular thing? When I graduated from Bible school, I had three offers with three different churches. Um, and and uh, the one I was at was going to hire me and make me second in command in the church where I was the young adult pastor. They offered me a job to be the executive pastor there. I had two other churches offer me to come on and, and, and be associates and, and, and I thought about all of them. I wanted to stay where I was because that was a really cool job. And, and every time I thought about any of those jobs, I didn't have a piece. Just, just no peace. And all, all I could have a piece with is come back here and start a church. And that's, that's what I did. Here's number five. This is really important. Do mature Christian mentors agree with you? Uh, Proverbs 15.22 says this. Plans fell for lack of counsel, 
but with many advisors, they succeed. All of us need someone that knows us and someone that's not afraid to tell us that's stupid. You need someone in your life to do that, guys. I have these pastor friends, and I consider them to be ahead of me. Uh, they've been there, done that. They've accomplished more than I have, and they're kind enough to open up their lives to me. And when I think about doing something really big or different, I'll call them and I'll say, hey, I really think God's leading me to do this. And if he spoke to me, I'll say, God spoke to me. What do you think? And sometimes they agree. Sometimes they just laugh and they go, nah, that's not going to work. Here's why. And, and, and yet if, I'll, still, you know, I'll still pray about it and I'll do it if I think God wants me to do it. But it really helps to have somebody speak into your life and, and to be able to talk to you. And if you don't have someone in your life, or maybe you're one of those people, you just don't give people the opportunity, I bet you there's a bunch of people around you that know you that would like to tell you, that, that's just not God, or that's wrong. And if you're smart, you'll give people you trust. Make sure you trust them. You'll give them that door to speak into your life, and it just helps so much to be able to do that. Now, here, here's the next one. And, and this one's simple, but it's important. Do you admit past failures? If you don't, you you're open yourself up to be deceived by the enemy. You know, after I thought I heard God say the next person that rocks in the room will be your wife, if I would have said I didn't miss it, you know, that person got mugged on the way because I know God told it to me, so they were coming, but they got mugged or something. Like God wouldn't know they got mugged, you know, or was go were going to get mugged. And, and uh, you have to admit past failures. All of us fail. All of us make mistakes. And that keeps us open and pure and, and closed to deception. Uh, the next one is, are you in a time of crisis in your life? And I have made a few key decisions in times of crisis. That means I was just kind of coming back from something that happened that hurt me. And that's a bad time to make a decision. You typically always make a mistake. There are probably many of you in here, you know someone that right after a divorce they rebounded immediately and married someone else, and then that failed. Uh, they didn't have time to heal, and when you, when you don't heal up, you will make bad decisions. So I want to just encourage you to make sure, if you're in time of crisis, unless it's something you have to decide on, like we're going to go bankrupt if I don't make a decision, if it's something that can wait, just let it sit and let yourself heal during that time. It will make a huge, huge difference. So now I want to just give you a little bit of homework. This is good homework. Homework almost seems negative if you didn't like school. Um, but this is good homework. And I, I just want to show you how you can literally activate God at a higher level to begin to direct you and begin to communicate to you whichever way he'll do that. So here, here's my scriptures for that. Um, I, I just call it creating the perfect atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to guide you. There's two things. Number one, you need to learn to trust God. And number two, you just need to learn to ask God. And here's the scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. That's the asking. And he will show you which path to take. Can we all agree this is dealing with direction? He'll show you what path to take. Now, trusting the Lord is real simple. It just simply means that, God, I trust that whatever you want me to do, that's going to be good for me. It's going to bless my life. So my son David had to come to that place where he said, you know what? 
I'm not sure if this is my passion or not. It's not happening. And set it on an altar. And you, you trust God at that point. And then everything you feel you want to do, uh, even if it's just, you know, maybe God didn't get it to you, but you want to do it, it's just safe to just say, God, would you show me if this, this is something I'm supposed to do? You just pray. Say, show me. Or is there a better way to do it than I'm planning to do it? You just pray for God to show you his will. The Bible teaches us we can ask God to reveal his will and put it into our hearts. And so think about this, guys. All of you that have kids and grandkids, this is just the coolest thing. Or your mate. You can pray for people and you can ask God to put his will into their hearts and that's really safe because if if you ask god to and told god i want you to make them do this that's witchcraft so you, you don't want that but if you say god i don't know what your will is but whatever your will is would you place that into their hearts it's amazing last week i told you uh, one way i prayed for my kids when they were young this is another way and i literally would walk in their rooms uh, a lot when they were sleeping and sometimes i'd lay hands on their head and one of the things i would pray is this God, whatever your will is, whatever you created them to do, whatever their purpose is, whatever you want them to do in this life, make it burn in them like a fire that they can't get rid of. And it gave me confidence that, you know, whatever it is, even if I don't want them to do it, I'd say, Lord, whoever you want them to marry, Lord, whatever it is, you put it in their hearts. You can pray that way for your grandkids. Some of you are here saying, I didn't know this. My kids are grown. You can still pray it for your kids and ask God to put his will into their hearts. And it's amazing what happens. But here's what's cool too. You can pray it for yourself. Say, God, just put your will in my heart. Now, I have done this for my staff from day one. And I, I, I just would pray for them. And so I'd take different staff members, different leaders, and I would lift them up. And I'd say, God, whatever your will is, uh, put it in their hearts. And I'll never forget the first time somebody came up to me on staff, uh, the first major person that, that told me they were leaving. I, I got mad at them. It, 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 it was my youth pastor of 17 years, Mark Pegley. And, and I've been praying for him, and he's one of my closest friends. And, and he comes in, in my office, he says, I'm going to Columbus. I God's leading me down to Columbus. And, and I couldn't even show excitement. All I could show is disappointment on my, on my face. You sure that's God, Mark? Yeah. And, and, and I was upset with him for a little while. And I'll never forget, God spoke to my heart one day and said, hey, dummy, you've been praying for me to show everybody my will for their life. I did it with Mark, and now you're mad at Mark? or disappointed, whatever you want to say. And God really corrected me with that word that he spoke up into my heart. And Mark obeyed God. Mark's doing incredible. He's still one of my closest friends. But when you begin to pray for people this way, give them the room to obey God and do what God wants them to do. I want to ask you a question as I close down. Are you excited that God lives in you to guide you? Can we thank him that that's one of the things he does in our lives? I'm so thankful for it. I'm so thankful he's going to do that in your life. I'm so thankful I don't have to control you, that you can hear from heaven, and heaven can, that's part of Christianity, that relationship. Hey, let's close our eyes. Let's look up to heaven. Uh, uh, I want to give you a moment, a cool moment in time. As you look up to heaven, is there something pressing in your life, and you're wondering, is it God, is it not, should I do it, shouldn't I do it? Would you whisper that right now to God and just say, hey God, I'm going to trust you and I'm asking you 
to give me direction in that area of my life. Now here's your homework as you're in an attitude of prayer. I, I want you to do that throughout this week. Just anytime you're looking at something and you're not sure what to do, just to say, God, I ask you to put your will and your desire in my heart. And Lord, as we look to heaven, we trust you and we thank you for giving us some wisdom on how to test whether it's you or not. And Lord, I thank you that you're the God who loves every person in this room. You love every one of us. You loved me when I was nuts, and I thank you for loving me when I was crazy, Lord. You loved me when I wondered if you existed. And I know you love everybody in this room, Jesus. Guys, can we bow our heads, close our eyes, just stay in an attitude of prayer. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're listening online. And when you walked in, you weren't sure if you were to die, if you go to heaven or hell. You weren't sure if God existed. You weren't sure if Jesus was real. And maybe you sat through this service and you said, well, there's one thing I can say. This, this guy certainly is authentic and transparent. He, he's not being religious with me because I have no plans of ever being religious. And maybe you're saying, you know, I just sense that Jesus is God because that's what God will do. He'll open our hearts and our eyes up to Jesus. You know, the Bible says that Jesus is God's son. He came to the earth took on the flesh of a baby, experienced everything we did. He grew up and felt every fear, every temptation to do wrong that we do. And the Bible says he overcame them all. And then he allowed himself to be crucified. And when he hung on that tree, he took upon himself the sins of everybody in the world. There's nothing you did that he didn't already die for. He was buried, spent three days, three nights in the heart of the earth. Then God raised him up from the dead. And uh, what, what that's saying is, hey, your sins are paid for. If you trust in Jesus, he'll save you. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can get to God unless they go through me. He also said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. That's just so cool. So heads are bad, eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, I believe that, but I can't remember a day in my life when I prayed and I made it, made it official. Would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the church, would you help them pray? Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I receive you as my Savior and make you Lord of my life. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Connecting Place podcast. For more information about Believer's Church, visit believers.cc. 